common. Fletcher pulls a clear plastic evidence bag from his briefcase and lays it on the table. Inside is a blood-stained composition book with the following title scrawled in Sharpie on the cover. The Intern's Handbook. My original manuscript. First edition. I smile at it like a father would smile at his newborn baby after coming home from a long combat tour. He sees my smile and makes a mental note that I am probably not going to feel any remorse for my sins. I'd like to talk about this, John. Have you read it, Fletch? Several times. And? And what? What did you think? Well, I have a lot of questions about, no, what I meant was, did you like it? Was it a good read? Would it pair well with a box wine at your wife's book club? He puts on reading glasses, another disarming tactic. Grandpa wants you to sit on his lap, enjoy a butterscotch candy, and shoot the breeze. Here comes the pedantic grin. The feds are also masters of making you feel like you are sick or abnormal. Why do you think they attempt to look so militantly normal? Because, to the criminal mind, they strive to be the foil, the mugshot frame that forces you to look at yourself and ask, What's wrong with this picture? I found it very interesting. Interesting is another word for irrelevant in this context. Probably thinks Reader's Digest and Parade are cultural oracles. I hate him for evading, and I hate myself for caring. Like I said, I'd like to talk about it, Fletch reiterates. What do you want to know? Is it all true? He asks. Every fucking word. You said that you wrote it to help other young people who had been put in the same position as you. Is that the only reason? That was why I started writing it. After a few chapters, I realized I needed to write it more for myself than for anyone else. You needed to get some things off your chest? I exhale a sigh heavily laced with annoyance. It's time to mess with Fletch a bit. He's too into his routine, and I need to jam the signal. I lean in like a film noir confidant, the devil on his shoulder. I'm sure you can relate, Fletch. A man in your position, so many secrets, so many things you wish you could undo. For years you've lived in the pressure cooker, but you can't go home and talk to the missus unless you want to put a target on her back. Let's face it, you can't talk to anyone, because what you know is like a plague that needs to be buried or burned with the rest of the bodies. But they don't stay buried, do they, Fletch? Eventually you just unload like emptying a full magazine into someone's face. It's a bit messy, but undeniably cathartic. The consummate professional, Fletch, leans in as well, playing off my vibe, showing me he's a regular guy. It's like when a pasty executive who's been clipped by life tries to shoulder up at the airport bar to exchange war stories when he's never even been in a fistfight. Is that why you wanted to talk to me today, John? You have something you need to unload? In a manner of speaking? I'm all ears. No shit, I think. They'd love those jug handles in my cell block, Opie. May I have a cigarette, Fletch? There's no smoking in here. Okay, maybe I'll go back to my cell. I yawn. 
Salisbury steak and potatoes au gratin tonight. After cobbler, some of the boys are going to give me a jailhouse tramp stamp. He lights me one of his own cigarettes. Marlboro Red, the Budweiser of cancer sticks. I draw on it, greedily. The nicotine rush doles the pain in my head, but fires up the maddening itch that I cannot scratch under the plaster cast that covers my leg from ankle to arse. Some of my new cellmates, around eight or ten roid-raging lifers who could bench-press two of me, had heard about my former profession and took me for a test drive my first day inside. I tore most of them shiny new assholes, but they managed to jack up my leg and rearrange my face before the crooked guard stepped in and pretended to give a shit. I try to scratch inside the cast again. No dice. I get all zen and try to make it go away with my mind, but end up looking like I'm having a mild seizure.